Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, everyone. Welcome aboard 93.7 The Fan. This ship is being steered and directed by Matt Harkins back at the studio. You can call the numbers at 412-928-9370, and Matt will put you in touch with me. Hope to hear from you. We have three hours today of open conversation from 11 until 2. So we're talking about all the big issues in sports, and I'd love to hear from you. You can also tweet, if you'd like, at KD Pomp. And you can follow this radio station on Twitter. It's 93.7 The Fan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. And you can text us on the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line. It's 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder & Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Well, let's begin this program today with a couple of uh, quotes that came out of Mike Tomlin's press conference. And they, I'll tell you what, Mike Tomlin comes up with catchy quotes and catchy uh, phrases that he utilizes to inspire his team. And they give you a feeling for what he's going through. And two of them stuck out to me. Number one. If you can't get a yard, you don't deserve to win. How many of us have said that? Well, Mike Tomlin said it last week, and there were plenty of examples of why he was right. And number two, they can catch the ball or they can get replaced by those who can. That's talking about the NFL leaders in drop passes, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 32, seven more in that loss against Washington. So we're going to talk about both of those, and I just want to get your take on some of these plays that have happened here. In reference to what he referred to with can't get a yard, I'm going to go through my notes because I take play-by-play notes on just about everything here. So uh, it, it was a series that certainly the Steelers looked to be cashing in on, and they couldn't get it done from the one-yard line. It was first and goal from the one, and they chose to run Benny Snell three of the four times. All right? That's one thing. And you're going to do it with Eric Ebron at tight end, who's not the best blocking tight end. I think Vance McDonald is going to be a player this week. And I think, you know, Ebron, for as good as he is in terms of the pass game, he is a liability when it comes to run blocking. And on the uh, fourth down play, fourth and one, it was Ebron who was supposed to get uh, Chase Young, and he didn't. He let him get to the backfield, and he uh, was there to stop Benny Snell. But the third and one play was even more to me, bizarre, in that it was a tackle-eligible play to a guy who had just come off the COVID list, which is something you don't necessarily see. Now, I grant you, in order for some of the times these plays to work, you have to have the element of surprise. But seriously, Gerald Hawkins, he hadn't even practiced that play from what I can gather after being on that COVID list. 
And it wasn't like a play where he's just going to run to a spot, stand in the end zone, be ignored, and you throw him the ball. No, no, this was a little fade pattern. Uh, and it, it just seemed to me the wrong play at the wrong time. The Steelers, uh, and I've said this all the way through this, because they just have ignored the run. This was a team that still came up with run success early in the season when they had games that featured 100-yard rushers. Connor had three. Snell was involved in that, too. They were running the ball well enough so that it can be something that defenses had to account for. But lately, they haven't even bothered, it seems. When you look at the run-pass differential over the past two games, I mean, they led largely both of those games all the way until the end, and yet they still threw the ball as much as they threw the ball. Now, I'm not suggesting they're going to change their ways and become a run-first team. They're not. But what I have suggested, and what I will continue to suggest, is you do need to trust a run game in situational football. And they just haven't done it. And when they do have a little bit of success, they immediately go back to the pass. So the bottom line is they got to get better in that department. Uh, this is the same offensive line that has not allowed a sack in 252 dropbacks by Ben Roethlisberger. Number one, most of those passes are quick hitters, which is another area of concern for me. When you're hitting, you know, passes from five to six yards, seven yards off the line of scrimmage, yes, you can get the ball out earlier, but also you're kind of limiting the space that a defense has to guard, has to protect. You know what I mean? You're making the, the playing field a lot smaller for the defense, which is exactly what you don't need to do. Now, just to throw a little wrench into that, analysis, Ben Roethlisberger is someone who has thrown the ball deep this year. If you look at some of the stats that have been put up on analytics, Ben has the second most go-routes in the NFL. So he is throwing it down there, but largely those throws come at times where the chances of success are not all that great. And I'll cite for you another play from last week's game. Uh, after failing third in one, they pass up a field goal attempt that would have been 45 yards. Now, this is a critical call for me because it's four minutes and 51 seconds left. It's a tie game at 17-17. Yes, Chris Boswell's not there, but Matthew Wright is there. And Matthew Wright is on the roster. So if Matthew Wright is on the roster, I know he was a practice squad, but if he's on the roster at 45 yards, he should be able to make a 45-yard field goal, you think? Instead, they go for it. Now, there are those out there because I – Talk to a lot of you on Twitter, and I understand it. They want to put the hands in the quarterback's call? Fine. You can do that, and I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But it was the play call and the utilization of the, of the personnel, I guess, on the play call. It was a fourth and one kind of wheel route by Anthony McFarland. First of all, you know, you have some really good receivers on your team. On a fourth and one, that critical call late in the game with under five minutes left in a tie game, you make that call to that player? Uh, to me, that's the wrong personnel usage. You have other guys who should be doing that kind of stuff if you're going to you know, challenge down the field. McFarland's a rookie. He's still learning. That pass was not where it needed to be. Again, one of the problems when, when you have a fourth and one and you're passing the ball 20 yards down the field is, is this can happen. So they didn't trust the short game. They didn't trust the kicker. They trusted a fourth and one wheel route to Anthony McFarland, and I found that to be just a little uh, concerned. So Washington gets the ball, they go down, and they score, uh, which is a third problem here that I might point out. The defense has given up a lot of scoring drives late. In the Washington game, it was Alex Smith dominating them, really, in the second half. That defense is still very good, but that defense now has problems because of injury. 
And when you don't have a lot in the inside, you know, Avery Williamson's going to make the calls here tomorrow in Buffalo. He's a veteran player, and I'm sure he can handle the responsibility, but the communication becomes something that can be a problem. Spillane had been handling that. He's out. Vince Williams out. So now you have Marcus Allen coming on the inside potentially, and potentially also Ulysses Gilbert, who's due to come off a list. So, you know, you, there are definitely depth concerns to the inside. Not to mention Bud Dupree's no, no longer there this year, out with a surgery. And Alex Smith, who played well, I thought, given what was expected of him uh, last week. So there are a lot of things right now that are not building up. The Steelers have not trended well the last several weeks. I mean, it's pretty clear if you look at their performances. And you can make whatever excuse you want. And, yeah, that uh, Ravens game, which continued to be moved back and changed. I mean, they're trying to navigate themselves through thinking there was a game on a Thursday, then a Sunday, then a Tuesday, eventually gets paid on Wednesday. I hear all of that. But at the end of the day, you still have to execute whenever you get that opportunity. Now, tomorrow's an opportunity for the Steelers to erase all of that. They have a chance. And, and really, when you think about it, the teams that do well in the postseason are the teams that get hot right about now. The Buffalo Bills are one of those teams right now. They have won five of six games, and they're coming off a very impressive game on the road, sort of, against the 49ers who are playing in Arizona because they're not allowed to play in Santa Clara. But they won. And Josh Allen was the AFC Player of the Week offensively. Four touchdown passes, 80% completion. He is operating with a lot of skill and a lot of moxie right now. They have some really good receivers on their team. They acquired Stephon Diggs, and boy, he's been real good. Uh, one of the top pass catchers in the league. And they brought in Cole Beasley under the radar, kind of free agent signing. But he has been really good in the middle of the field. Allen goes to his wide receivers an awful lot. And that will test the Steelers, who also will be without Joe Hayden. He has a concussion. So you have no Dupree, you have no Hayden, you have no Devin Bush, you have no Vince Williams, you have no Robert Spillane. They got some personnel issues there. And that's one of the things that they have to worry about is the personnel issues. 412-928-9370, that is the number. So give us a call here. Love to talk to you about what's going on with the Steelers, and we'll do that, as I said, until 2 o'clock today. We also have some other stuff on the docket. The NHL this week has pretty much come out and said they will have a target of a July or January 13th uh, start to their season. But they also have a lot of wheeling and dealing to do to make this all possible, what with the border to Canada being closed still, all of the stuff going on. We'll talk about the NHL. I also want to talk about pit basketball and pit football, and the Panthers deciding not to go to a bowl game. A lot of guys are opting out right now. Patrick Jones was the last to do it, so if they had gone to a bowl game, it would have been with a lot of guys who you would think are going to play a lot. I think Pat Narduzzi wanted to do this. It was up to him, but obviously it goes beyond that. It goes beyond the university, what the players want to do. And I thought Heather Lake made a good point there, the athletic director, when she said these guys have given up a lot for six months. Uh, and so the opportunity to get home with them, because they haven't been able to get home, will, will serve them well. So I get that. And this is a crazy season regardless. But it is a payday that you're passing up also. 412-928-9370. That is the number to call. I'll be here until 2. I'd love to hear from you about all these topics and more and some of the other stuff going on with the NFL and uh, the jockeying for position. Number one seed, still very much up for grabs here. And the Steelers, if they lose in Buffalo, could see that change because Kansas City's playing a tough game in Miami 
earlier in the day on Sunday. We'll talk about all this and more coming up. But first, I want to remind you about PNC Bank. At PNC Bank, they celebrate all those who are taking steps every day to make their community an even better place to live. If you go there, you will find that their focus is on giving back. It's part of an ongoing commitment to their customers, their employees, and communities. Welcome back as we continue live right here at Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. I'm with you until 2 o'clock today, so if you'd like to call, please do. I want to remind you that our show is brought to you by the good people of Allegheny Health Network, doing a great job on the frontier of COVID fighting all COVID season, which is March until now, and it will extend beyond that, although some good news about the vaccines coming out, and that will be a game changer. Also brought to you by PNC Bank. Make today the day. Number one, Cochrane. Go one better. Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Ireland Contracting, home of the Ireland Contracting Nightly Sports Call every night on Pittsburgh CW. And also a remind you, it's a Rocket League Rumble. Join 93.7 The Fan along with the Pittsburgh Knights for a three-on-three Rocket League tournament like no other as we invite you and your team to play your way to victory in a Rocket League tournament set entirely in the game's Rumble mode on December the 20th. Prizes for the top three teams. Details on how to register your team at 93.7thefan.com. All right, so... We talk about how important this game is in Buffalo. It's very important because right now the Steelers are the one seed, Kansas City the two seed, and Buffalo is the three seed. Buffalo can change a lot of that with a win, and these AFC games are very, very important. Remember, the Steelers also have the Colts, which is a playoff team right now. They have the Browns, which are a playoff team right now. The Browns are a team that's trending in uh, the good direction, the hot direction right now. And they are, I think, based on the stats, the team that is number one in quarterback under center versus shotgun. Uh, Baker Mayfield has been able to do that because of a ground game that has been extremely good uh, with both those guys and Nick Chubb and also um, uh, Hunt in the back. Though Those two guys have been terrific. I was looking at numbers here, and, man, uh, putting it up, they're going to it quite a bit. It's opened up the pass game to the point where last week uh, Baker Mayfield had four touchdown passes against the Tennessee team, which is looking more fraudulent right now than ever. They also at this point are in the playoffs. One team that I haven't mentioned, the Baltimore Ravens. They are not in the playoffs as of the moment. But they have one of the biggest Monday night games in Cleveland history since Bill Belichick was the head coach of Cleveland. I mean, that goes back to the 1990s, really. When was the last time they played a big game on a Monday night this late in the season was this meaningful? And Baltimore will go there as a two-point favorite, which is interesting to me. Because Baltimore didn't look all that good the other night. Although Lamar Jackson's back, and whenever you have him in the game, uh, you can see big plays at big times. They happen. But their pass game hasn't been all that good with the Ravens. But Cleveland's a team that's trending in the right direction right now. They put a whooping on Tennessee in the first half of their game last week. They jumped out to a big lead, held on, much like what the Steelers did in Nashville. And Cleveland is using that run game to propel their pass game. It's as simple as it can be. Mayfield last week was 25 of 33. That's a 76% completion performance. Four touchdown passes, all of them in the first half of that game when they built up that big lead. Nick Chubb has been outstanding. Kareem Hunt has been outstanding. It's opened up, even without Odell Beckham Jr., it's opened up. Guys like uh, Richard Higgins and uh, Jarvis Landry has been big. But even Donovan Peoples-Jones had a big touchdown in that game. This is, the, this is the problem when you have a run game, and your defense has to account for a run game. And I'm not, again, suggesting the Steelers have to become that. 
What I am suggesting is the Steelers have to be more efficient when they call or run game scheme, especially in short yardage situations. Here's some interesting numbers about that. This year, the Steelers are 7 for 14 in 4th and 1 situations. All right? 0 and 2 last week. But going back beyond this year, in their last 21 4th and 1 attempts, there's only been one quarterback sneak. That's it. And you can look around the league and see a lot of quarterback sneaks. I think it's a call the Steelers need to make more of. There's no question that at six foot five, what he weighs, Ben Roethlisberger would be almost automatic. Tom Brady is automatic in that department. Quarterback sneak is a lost art around here, and it needs to be part of those plays, especially when you do quickly. You don't give defenses a chance to to set. It's an interesting uh, playoff picture now. I'm trying to go through uh, one through seven because there are seven teams now. They added one, as you know. So the first-round matchups, and this is why it's important for the Steelers to get a bye, number one. They really need it. You know, they've played a lot of football. They had their original bye pretty much taken away from them because of Tennessee's mishandling of the COVID situation. So for them, it would be very helpful. If you don't get it, you got to play. you got to play wild card round, the next round. you got to play three games. That means Kansas City would have to play right off the bat. And their first opponent would be the Colts. Buffalo would be Miami. Tennessee would be the Browns. That's how it is right now. But there's only four games left. That can change. If the Steelers should lose to Buffalo, and they got some tough games, like I said, with two other playoff teams in there, Indy and Cleveland. That game at the end of the year for Cleveland could be huge. 412-928-9370. Let me know what you think about this uh, and more. I thought I saw this week that Cleveland had their Man of the Year nominee is Miles Garrett, which was really strange that he would be it. Given what happened last year in that Steelers game, given what he did on the field, given what he accused Mason Rudolph of, given the suspension he received from the NFL, and he's their best choice of Man of the Year. I don't know enough about what he does. He must be very active in the community. I give him credit for that, if that's the case, for sure. But Given that background, that doesn't sound like a guy who should be instantly nominated for man of the year. Although he does on the field. Boy, he's been really good. He's ten and a half sacks. Uh, T.J. Watt's the man who leads it right now, and he's trending toward maybe defensive player of the year, even though I would suggest that Aaron Donald never look past Aaron Donald because he's out there doing what he has the same amount of sacks as T.J. Watt does. He is just such a difference maker, and it's almost like, He's one of those guys you can give him the award every year, sort of like LeBron James when it comes to basketball. And speaking of basketball, just so you know, you probably haven't paid attention to this, but I'm here to remind you that the NBA has already started preseason games. Can you believe that? They finished their season after the NHL, and yet here they are. They've gone through training camp already, albeit it was a small one. Now games, and their season's going to start in about a week. I will also argue this when it comes to college uh, basketball teams, because I think we heard Mike Krzyzewski and others talk this week about the NCAA maybe needs to shut this down for a little bit. And he cited the fact of COVID, but uh, Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News made a very good point on this, and I think it's one that coaches uh, need to understand. If you're worried about, if the reason is you're worried about COVID and you're worried about those players getting COVID, Honestly, they're in the safest place they can be, which is right there with their little bubble in their in their team's operation. You know what I mean? Because they get tested a lot more than they would on their own. They're not around as many people. I know it's hard for young kids not to be around their loved ones, especially this time of the year. I get it. 
But if you're going to make that claim that they're, you know, COVID's making it difficult, yeah, it is making it. It makes it difficult for everybody, you know. But the bottom line is they're safer there than they would be at home or on their own. COVID's making it difficult on small businesses to do what they do. I know many of them right now, because of all these shutdowns, are taking a hit that they may never recover from. And the thing is, they're doing it responsibly. They've been doing everything that government has asked them to do to try to be safe. And it's not good enough. Yet this virus continues to affect people all the time. Regardless if you're safe or not, it, it can get you no matter how you do it. So, uh, and it, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough for college kids to do it. But at the same time, don't use the argument that COVID is a problem and that you may not. It's not it. Uh, they're safe where they are. They're probably safer there than they are anywhere else. 412-928-9370, that is the number to call. Uh, again, on until 2 o'clock. We saw this week that Patrick Jones has decided to leave the pit program. That's no surprise. He's had a whale of a year. Rashard Weaver already made that uh, decision. So did DeMar Hamlin. Um, Jason Pinnock's not going to come back. You can understand why these guys are interested in moving forward. Uh, and they did, you know, put up an awful lot with these uh, crazy times, going through six months of practice, training camp, playing games, getting tested. And yet it goes on and on and on. And this football season and the postseason is going to be interesting. A lot of teams have decided they're not going to partake. I thought LSU was the most comical when they decided they weren't going to do it, but they've been terrible all year. They weren't going to be in it anyway. It's a voluntary, we're not going to participate in a bowl game, but you know what? You're not good enough. Even in this situation, you're not good enough. But Pitt won't do it. They're deferring to kids, have an opportunity to get home and be with their families. I get that. After a long six months of giving up, you know, a lot of what you normally expect to be as a college student to play a football game. But the ACC and the SEC have done a pretty good job in handling all of this. The Big Ten, not so much. And yet, that leads us to the Big Ten. Because Ohio State, you know, Big Ten has been the worst organized conference when it comes to this kind of stuff. Right? If you look at it, they originally said they weren't going to play. Then Ohio State put on pressure. We need to play. What are you talking about? No. And I think the Big Ten actually thought that the SEC and others would follow suit. They were the first, basically, big conference to come out and say, we're not going to play football. When others decided to go the other way and play football, all of a sudden they changed. No, uh, we're going to play now. Nothing changed from a safety protocol point of view, by the way. It was just money. It was financially motivated. I don't think that's any a surprise when you're dealing with college teams. And so now they're in a situation where they could potentially, because of the rules they wrote, miss the big payday that comes with the college football playoff. Four teams vying for a national championship. So Ohio State's in a situation where, because of the rules that were written, these are rules that were written just a few weeks ago before they started playing, that you had to have six games in to be eligible for the Big Ten championship. Well, through no fault of their own, Ohio State has a bunch of cancellations and postponements, and they only had five. So what does the Big Ten do? They rewrite the rules so that Ohio State could be eligible. Now listen, I've said at the beginning, I think they're still the best ten, uh, team in the Big Ten. And I think they'll have a hefty spread over Northwestern. But it also, if you're, if you're another member of the Big Ten, you're sitting there saying, wait a minute, what are you catering to them for all the time? The, the answer is it's a $6 million payday, I think it is, at last check, to be in that big uh, playoff picture at the end of the year for college football. I think it's very interesting the ACC right now has two teams in Notre Dame and Clemson in, and they're going to play for the ACC championship. And whoever wins that game, absolutely guaranteed to be in. 
But i got to tell you something. If Clemson wins, fine. They're in, and I think Notre Dame also will be in because that's a rematch. Notre Dame won the first game even though uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't play. However, if Notre Dame should win, I don't think Clemson has an argument that to be in. They're going to be out. They should be out. Two losses to Notre Dame, if that's the case. You can say that they're among the best four teams in the country, but I think other teams out there deserve an opportunity. So how do you feel about that at 412-928-9370? That is the number to call. As I said, we're going to be here until 2 o'clock today, and there is a lot to get into. I want to thank our sponsors once again, AHN, PNC Bank, Number One Cochrane, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, as well as Ireland Contracting. Turn us on every night. We have the Ireland Contracting Nightly Sports Call, Pittsburgh CW, uh, and generally after Steeler games as well, although the changes have made it a little bit more difficult with that one. Uh, we'll get back on track the following week when the Steelers, uh, the last two home games, will both be on CBS, and we'll follow it up with our Ireland Contracting Steelers Sports Call show. So call me. I'm here until 2. I'd love to hear from you at 412-928-9370. But before we do that, I want to remind you that, uh, you know, this has been an up and down year. There's no question about it. And life can change fast. Good things happen. Bad things happen. Bad things happen to good people. And when they do, you need a call to make. And that call is to one eight 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 ninety eight twins Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman will answer, and they will answer your needs. They handle accidents involving cars, trucks, work, industrial dog bites, any accident involving serious injury or death, and they do it for 25%. That's 15% less than other fraud. you by Allegheny Health Network, doing a great job helping others in the fight against COVID. Also, PNC Bank, make today the day. Number one, Cochran, ride in style. And you go one better at number one, Cochran, Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. They've got your back, not your wallet. Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. 412-928-9370 is the number to call as we continue to talk about the big game tomorrow in Buffalo between the Steelers and the Bills, who right now are on a hot streak. They've won five of six. They're looking good. Again, to me, the most important thing right now is how you play this point of the season on into the playoffs. And to make it a December to remember for the Steelers, they better start getting off the schneid here. Uh, their performance has not trended in the right direction of late uh, for a lot of different reasons. But now they need to start picking it up. These are all AFC games that remain starting tomorrow night in Buffalo. 412-928-9370. Love to hear from you. Right now, let's go out to Oakland. And one of our favorite callers, Anthony from Oakland. What's up, Anthony? Bob, this running game, the lack thereof hurts the passing game also. Could you imagine what the receivers they have if they had a similar of a, of a good running game? You could do play action off of that instead of always being in the spread. Uh, you know, and whatever happened to the athletic running back to jump over top to get in the end zone, the, the Marcus Allen type and the Walter Pace. I mean, this is, this is a pathetic Steeler running game. It's really embarrassing. What I don't understand about it, Anthony, and to your point, you know, they spent 87% of their uh, offensive plays last week in a shotgun formation. Um, that, to me, makes it pretty obvious that you're not willing to, to go to a run on a regular basis, which they have not. And, you know, that's – and I'm not saying I'm not living back in the 70s, 80s, pound the football every single play, but you do need to be able to be physical at the line of attack. And right now, this offensive line hasn't done it. Too many times they've been pushed backwards into their own running backs, which have made it difficult. But I think it comes with not using it as much. If you look at the beginning of the season, maybe you're referring to this, you know, they started off first five weeks at 4.1 yards per carry. That's pretty good as a team. 
And they did it yeah, but, a lot more than they're doing it now. For whatever reason, they have turned into what they are now, which is a pass-first team. I get it. I understand. you got receivers, but the way to make them better is to give a defense much more to think about. And don't make it so easy for defenses to watch over a certain amount of the field. It's a smaller field for them. They don't have to necessarily worry about a lot of things that you would if you had a successful run game, in my opinion. Well, Bob, this is not an anomaly. I mean, this has been that way for the past four or five years with this team. Even when Le'Veon Bell was here, he was a better pass catcher than to me than he was even a running back. And, and, and you know, the last time they really utilized the run game was in 16 when they went on that big run where they had to win nine in a row to get to the AFC Championship game. And you remember the last time they were in Buffalo, Le'Veon Bell had, Bell had over 200 yards. Yep. Not A.B. So it was the mindset. And, it went, and why did Tomlin have to go to that point? Because they couldn't screw up. They had to, to do whatever it took to get into the playoffs because they were four and five that year, if you remember, after the disaster of losing to Dallas like they did. And they, mm-hmm. and they, and they saw how they lost to Dallas by Dallas's running game. And they, it, that was the, it's ever since then we haven't seen a semblance of it. And that's why they've been going home early when they made the playoffs. And this has to change because it helps the defense if you got a good running game. It keeps them fresh. And when you have a, a fast defense like the Steelers, you want them fresh. So, uh, you know, this this whole thing has just been terrible, man. And yeah, it needs thing, to get addressed or they're going home. Well, again, I'm not suggesting they should utilize it 50-50. I'm not because they're not going to. And I don't necessarily blame them. But what I do say is 53-14 to 14 on a game where you never trailed until the very end, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's that's choosing to throw the ball all the time. And, yes, you can get it off quickly, and, yes, you can get little yards here and there, but, uh, you know, to me, you're making it much easier on opposing defenses. That's why I want a run game. I don't want it uh, 90% of the time, 80% of the time, even 50. But I want it a lot more than 53 to 14 as last week's run-pass breakdown occurred. Well, Bob, if you had a – a talented running back, I think their mindset would change. I think you would, if you had a Kareem Hunt like they could have gotten when he was a free agent. And so let's be clear, Rob. Our, Bob, our, our running backs are mediocre at best. And, you know, this, we're going to have Ben Roethlisberger for maybe another year, but they better address that soon. Whatever quarterback they're going to hear, they're going to have to get a running game because it'll be, you know, with this strong defense, you don't want it to go to waste because your offense stinks like we saw last year. So what are you expecting tomorrow, Anthony? Tell me what you're expecting. I'm expecting, expecting with injuries a hard time, to tell you the truth, on defense. I'm expecting a hard time. I mean, you've got one linebacker that you just got four or five weeks ago, and your middle linebacker. And then you lost uh, your other top flight outside linebacker, which let's, let's be clear. If he was there last week, I think they win that game. But uh, this is going to be a battle. And this may be the game where you're going to have to score 40. And so we would probably won't complain about the running game because he's probably going to have a shootout out there. Well, uh, that may very well be, but be careful what you wish for against that team because they're they're doing things well right now in Buffalo. Um, you know, the other thing when you look at it, this this whole idea that uh, you're in a situation where you have first. I looked. I'm trying to. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. So there were three Go different ahead. runs here I saw. That's what I was trying to get to. Three different runs I saw on first down that were plus seven, plus six, and plus seven. Do you know what the following plays were 
after that plus seven, plus six, plus seven on the three different times. These are the first down runs I'm talking about. Throws. Seven straight throws, right. ten straight throws, right. and six straight throws. Now, right. I'm not suggesting that you have to keep running every single down. What I am suggesting of, and they haven't been all that good on first. They haven't been good to start games, quite frankly. That's that to me. That's going to be another key here tomorrow. They got to come out and do what they did against. They got to take control of a game in the first quarter and not let somebody else do it or have it just simmer along until somebody does take the lead on you in the second quarter. So anyway, the point is these are all choices they're making, and I think uh, if you do get success in the run game, utilize it. Uh, to play action, whatever the case, right. they don't, you don't see play action in their offense. And play action no. does work. Other teams have yeah. used it. Hey, but Rob, I'm going to say this quickly. If you remember in that Baltimore game, they had Baltimore had a, a third and 12, and they picked it up by the run. Third and 12. Well, Baltimore's I mean, a different kind of team. They're, they're uh, largely a run team a first. third and 12, though, Rob, with, with, uh, a, with your second-string quarterback, and they still picked it. it up. Hey, there was a big play in this in this Washington game. Start the third quarter, right? They first of all they got a gift call. The, the officiating they blew that Alex Smith running the ball off the field, and then they administrative timeout, and it gives them a chance to kick a field goal. That was terrible. Yeah. Uh, but a third and fourteen, right off the bat, first possession uh, changed everything. They got thirty-one yards on that. Yeah, Mike Hilton missed a tackle, and then boom! All of a sudden, it led to a touchdown drive, which featured a T.J. Watt holding call on fourth down. They had it stopped. All of these plays become magnified when you don't do a lot of the little things in other departments. So thanks, Anthony, for the call, man. I do appreciate it. Always good talking to you. Squeeze in Bob in Greensburg, who joins us right now on the Fan Hotline. What's up, Bob? How are you? I'm I'm doing well. How about you, Bob? Good. Thank you. Hey, uh, just about everything I was going to address uh, you you touched on, so I'm kind of going to piggyback on some of the things you started to mention uh, this offense, uh, first of all, Randy Feekner has to get a little more creative in his calls, you know. I'd like to see Ben line up under center sometimes and give the defenses something to think about. When he goes back in the shotgun with an empty backfield, uh, gee, I wonder what's coming. Could it be a pass? You know, I mean, come on. Uh, you've got to be more creative. And down on the goal line, you've got a half yard to go. You can't put Ben behind the center then. They know, again, what's coming. Run him, you know. And I don't even care if they run a wishbone down there in the red zone. Do something different. Then make the defense have to guess what running back is going to get the ball. You know, if you're just a one battering ram running back down there, um, you're gonna, that's a half ton of trouble you got to run into just to just to gain a, an inch. Right. And, and well, yeah, so I don't know so how you feel about these things, but I would just like to see uh, a few changes, a simple changes uh, in the offense that could make the defenses have to think a little bit about what's coming. And right now they don't have to think. They see our lineup, they see the alignment, they read it, and they go, oh, so anyway. now, I got you, Bob. And here's the other thing. Early in the season, we saw a lot of the jet sweeps that Matt Canada was known for. And we haven't seen right. much of that. Now, I don't know if they're saving it for a special day, for a special game, whatever the case, but we haven't seen a lot of that. And that seemed to help them, at least, you know, in, in their run game, uh, even though some of it was considered a little sh- short passes by Roethlisberger. But it was a deviation. It was something different to give defenses thoughts 
uh, right. to prepare. But so far we haven't seen that. And we're going to find out what goes on as this uh, game unfolds tomorrow. But I think it's a, it's a huge game. And if the Steelers should lose this game, boy, you talk about being disrespected because they've been generally disrespected nationally by a lot of people. That won't help their cause there. So I think this is a game they're going to reach down deep and come up with something extra for. We'll see how it unfolds. Thanks for the call, Bob. Appreciate that. When we come back, I talked about the two statements that Mike Tomlin made, and, and I think both are very interesting, and he did it right off the bat in his press conference last week. The first one we spent a lot of time on, obviously, in this hour, where they, uh, if you can't get a yard, you don't deserve to win. All right, we talked about that. Now, in this next hour, I want to get into this one. They can catch the ball, or they can get replaced by those who can. So what changes could you possibly make at this point? We saw Chase Claypool not get a lot of reps last week, at least comparatively, and that, to me, was a mistake. What should they do in the pass game, and who would he take some playing time or snaps away from? We'll talk about that as we continue. 412-928-9370. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. 